All right, let's get into God's Word together. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 7 today, and we're going to talk about understanding faith. Faith, a word that gets thrown around a lot in our culture. We say things like, you know, I'm a person of faith, or, or what faith are you, or hey man, you got to have faith. Keep the faith. Don't lose the faith, right? We, we, we say that. We have these uh, slogans and, and ways that we use this word, and we use the word in lots of different uh, ways. Uh, your team is down by a touchdown with three minutes to go, and you've got the ball, and man, you've got to keep the faith, right? Uh, big day at work, uh, your project's due, you're on your way out the door, and your wife says, hey, I've got faith in you, or the husband says, hey, I've got faith in you. Um, all right, we're in Hebrews chapter 11 today, uh, talking about understanding faith, and we're going to be in verses 1 through 7. Faith is a word that certainly gets thrown around a lot in our culture. We say keep the faith, got to have the faith. Um, we talk about being a person of faith. Uh, we use it in a lot of different ways, right? Your team's down a touchdown uh, with three minutes to go, and man, you got to keep the faith, right? Or a big day at work, projects due, you're on the way out the door, and your spouse says, hey, I've got faith in you. We, we use it a lot, and it's an important word, and people mean different things by it. You know, in a religious context, someone might even mean just believing in something, believing in, uh, in a generic way and sort of a generic God, right? Uh, it gets used a lot in our culture that way. But in the Christian life and in Christianity, faith is critical, and it's not generic. All through the Bible in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, we, we read about this, this about faith and what this means. And I heard someone say years ago that faith is the funnel through which God pours his blessings or through which his blessings flow. And, you know, you, you can't know God. You, you cannot walk with God. You cannot honor God. We'll see in the text today, you cannot please God apart from faith, without faith. Faith is critical. So we need to understand it and, and understand what it is. And without faith, we're lost, unforgiven, unbelieving, separated from God, condemned in our sin. We need faith, but not just any faith. We need to walk in the faith the Bible calls us to. The Bible doesn't call us to generically believe in some generic God. The Bible calls us to specific belief, specific faith in, a, in the God of the Bible, the God that we read about in the Scriptures, the God who has revealed himself and who has spoken to us through his, uh, in his Son. And so faith is critical. So in Hebrews chapter 11, the author gives us the most well-known chapter in the book, and I plan to spend a couple of weeks in it. It's been called the Hall of Faith, and this week we're going to look at these first seven verses to help us understand faith. And so let's look at verses 1 through 7. Let's start by just reading the first couple of verses. He says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, for by it the people of old received their commendation, verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So here he describes faith in incredible terms, right? There are at least three things here we need to understand about faith, and we'll also go on to some other verses here in a minute to help us see these things. But the first thing I want you to see as we seek to understand faith today is, number one, faith is confident in God and his promises. Faith is confident in God and his promises. He says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's the conviction of things not seen. And so context matters, right? So uh, when you read this, keep in mind it's in the Bible. It's in the New Testament. It's in the book of Hebrews. And what he wants us to see is that biblical faith in God and his promises is, is what guided the saints of old. In verse 2, when he says, by it, the people of God received their commendation. He's going to go into this long list of this hall of faith, as we call it. But he says here it's the assurance of things hoped for. And that word assurance, it's the third time that that Greek word has been used so far in Hebrews. And here it, it's used for our confidence in the things we hope for. What, what are we hoping for? What are we looking to? Well, it's the fulfillment of the promises of God. And so, and then he talks about conviction. 
He says the conviction of things not seen. It's the proof or the evidence. F.F. Um, F. Bruce has a great quote on this. He says, physical eyesight produces conviction or evidence of visible things. Faith is the organ which enables people to see the invisible order. So that's a great way of thinking about it, okay? And so it's the assurance of the things you're hoping for. What, what am I hoping for? Promises of God. What God's promised that, that God's going to do what he says he's going to do. And taking God at his word. Um, I'm convicted of things unseen. Well, the, the, the things that I can't see with my physical eyes. And, and faith is the being convinced and convicted of, of the truth of those things. Think about it like this. You know, I, I'm wearing glasses today. I normally wear contacts. And I can't see a lick. Okay, uh, without contacts or glasses, I can barely, uh, I, the, the camera is a uh, black, uh, uh, just a big black box blur kind of thing right now. Um, and so, but with glasses or contacts, man, everything becomes clear and I can tell my children apart. <laughs> I can see my wife, right? Everything's better with my contacts or in this case with my, my glasses. And and, and, and in, a, in a similar way, I want you to think about it this way, um, that it, and how, how faith works. Uh, when God enables us to believe, when we have this gift of faith, we can, as Bruce says, see the invisible order. We become convinced, convicted of the things we cannot see with our physical eyes. It's better than spiritual glasses. It's like new spiritual eyes. And all of a sudden, things become very clear. The promises of God and the fact that those things will be fulfilled and what God has done and what God is going to do and what God has said becomes very clear and, and, and through the eyes of faith, all right? And so George Guthrie says of these things not seen, he says it's being convicted of these things not seen. He says some realities are unseen because they belong to the spiritual realm. And he says and some because they lie in the future and when that realm will break into the earthly sphere. In either case, the person of faith lives out a bold confidence in God's greater realities. That's what faith does. It allows us to live in bold confidence of God's realities because just because you can't see it right now or just because it's something that's coming in the future but it hasn't happened right now, for instance, like the, like, like the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to this earth, doesn't mean it's not true, right? And faith allows us to see and to believe those things and take hold of God's greater reality because nothing is more real than God and nothing is more real than God's promises. And faith is confident in God and confident in his promises. As 2 Corinthians 5 says, the Apostle Paul says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And so the rest of Hebrews 11 shows us that the assurance, the conviction uh, was in God and his promises. The Old Testament saints were looking forward and choosing to believe God and choosing to believe his promises. And he unpacks that throughout the chapter. Faith is simply taking God at his word. As Sally Lloyd-Jones uh, says of Abraham in the Jesus Storybook Bible, which I love and I've mentioned several times, she, she describes Abraham, I believe it is, as he believed God more than his eyes could see. What a great way of talking about faith. He believed God more than his eyes could see. Uh, that's faith. And, and, and God enables it. Biblical faith, the kind Hebrews is extolling here, it is confident of what it's hoping for. And what is it hoping for? It's hoping for what God has promised. It's, it's convicted of things unseen, as Guthrie said, things in the spiritual realm or the future. It's convicted that God is true and that his promises will be fulfilled and he will do what he says he will do and he has done what he says he has done. The object of faith, though, matters. 
right? Uh, faith in yourself or uh, faith in others, faith in a false God, faith in a generic spirituality or a generic God. That is not extolled anywhere in the Bible, really. That, no, it must be faith in the God of the Bible, confidence in him and his promises, confidence chiefly in the promises of Christ and his gospel is what he calls us to. So if you're a Christian, it's because at some point you placed your faith in Jesus Christ. You believe that he is God's son exactly as he says he is. You believe he lived a sinless life. You believe he died for your sins on the cross. You believe he rose from the dead. And you became convinced that he could forgive your sin. Assured that if you believed you'd know God, be forgiven and spend eternity with him. So your faith is in Christ. Notice he illustrates. He says, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible, right? Harkening back to Genesis 1 where we learned that God created the world out of nothing, spoke it into existence. So where do we get the idea that the universe was created, though, by the Word of God? Well, we get it from the Bible, from the Word of God. Genesis tells us God spoke the world into existence. By faith, we take God at His Word. He's not saying faith is a leap in the dark or a denial of other truths. Faith simply looks at God's Word, looks at God's nature, looks at God's promises and what God has said and says, yes, I believe. And it takes God at His Word. Let me ask you, are you growing in your confidence in God and His promises? That's, that's how you grow in, in your faith. Are, are you striving every day to live in light of what God has said that he has done and what God has said that he will do? Are you taking God at his word, not just about salvation, but everything else? Are you living by faith? Now, here's another thing about faith. Number two, faith leads to God's commendation. He says in verse two, for by the people of old received their commendation. And then he's going to give us examples of that throughout, throughout, the, throughout history. That word commendation means that they were approved. Uh, they were spoken well of, that they were given a good testimony by God. He says, this is how the people of old, the Old Testament saints who have gone on before us, this is how they received that commendation. Not by works, but by faith. By having confidence in God and his promises, by trusting God, by believing um, his promises. Listen, in the Old Testament, they looked forward and believed the Messiah was coming. So let me illustrate it this way. Sometimes people get confused and they think that in the Old Testament um, that people were saved by works and that in the New Testament we're saved by grace through faith. And it's, we, people have always been saved by God's grace uh, through faith. And so let me illustrate. So imagine kind of a timeline here. So if I'm looking at it from your perspective, uh, we're going to start here as the past and we're going we're gonna to move forward that way, okay? And so and here's Jesus. He came. Uh, it was, symbolizes the, the, how Christ has come, died on the cross, and rose again. And for all those years before, ever since God had said back in Genesis that he was going to send one, in Genesis 3.15, who would crush the head of the serpent, one who would undo the work of the devil, one who would, uh, the, one, the offspring of the woman who would, who, who would one day come. Uh, humanity and then Israel, uh, God's people, were, were looking forward to the Messiah, to the one who would come, the offspring of the woman, the Messiah. The, one, the, 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 the son of David. And so they, they looked and they looked and they looked and they looked and they looked in faith, believing he would come, that God would send one. And then he came. And ever since then, all of us, we look back. And we believe that he came. And we trust that he came. Now, obviously, we're looking forward to the fact that he's going to come again. But we, but we look back and believe that he has that he, that he came and that he died and that he rose again, died for our sins and he rose again. They looked forward believing that the Messiah would come. We look back believing that he has came, but everybody is looking with eyes of faith to Christ, okay? And so we need to understand that. And so he says they, they, they received their commendation by faith. 
Uh, no one's ever been saved by works righteousness. That's, 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 that's never been the case. So as Al Mohler writes, Dr. Mohler, in his, uh, about this word in his commentary, he talks about this word commendation or approval as it is in some translations. And he says approval does not just refer to temporary material blessings. Rather, this is the final eschatological approval, an eternal commendation instead of an eternal condemnation. Uh, Muller goes on to note that without faith it is impossible to be commended by God and with faith it is impossible to be condemned by God. Isn't that incredible news? <laughs> when we put our faith in Christ, we, we, re, we receive this commendation, this approval, right? We, 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 God looks at us and, 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 he, and he looks at us and he forgives our sin and we're in God's good graces and we go from uh, being under condemnation and suffering God's wrath to being God's child. <laughs> to being, to being uh, in relationship and, and, and with God and forgiven by God and in perfect fellowship, uh, communion with God. But apart from faith, you can't help but be condemned. We, we stand separate because we're sinners. We need faith in one who can save us. So it's, it's by faith, faith of course in Christ, whom, in whom all God's promises find their, yes, the scriptures tells us, faith in him leads us to commendation, uh, leads to the commendation, God's approval, and it means you will never ever be condemned. As Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, for, by Apostle Paul writes, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. All of salvation is a gift of God, right? And not, not a result of work so that no one may boast. And so the, uh, the grace, the faith, the salvation, it's all God's gift so that no one can boast in our works, right? It's, it's not about us. It's about what Christ has done, not what I do. So it's by faith, he says, that these people of old were commended. And then he begins to, 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 to talk about some of these people. So let's read verses uh, 4 through 7. He says, by faith, Abel. Offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. So let's stop there. Do you see the word commended or commending there several times? Verse 4 talking about Abel. Verse 5 talking about Enoch. Abel was commended as righteous. God commended him by accepting his gifts. Enoch was commended as it was said. He pleased God. Noah became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith, he says down in verse 7. So it is through faith. It is by faith, right, that the approval of God is stamped over our life and we are declared righteous in his sight. They looked forward. We look back. Everybody's looking to the Messiah. Everybody's looking to Jesus. In verse 6 it says, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. As we read that again right there. So, without faith it's not unlikely. No, it, it's impossible to please God. <laughs> you're, you're not simply fighting an uphill battle. It's impossible. You, you will not gain his approval. You will not get his commendation. You will not have a good testimony apart from faith. God is not pleased with the faithless. He says, you must uh, believe God exists, and you must believe he rewards those who seek him. And as Bruce writes, it's not faith in a God, but faith in the God, the God who is spoken by his son over in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, that we'll get to here uh, in a little bit. 
So God's people are those that live by faith. We trust God, believe God, hold on to his promises. We look forward with with confidence, right? We look to Christ with assurance, with conviction. And this pleases God. And we're not commended because of the things we've done, but by faith in what Christ has done. And all we do, all the good things we do, all the God-glorifying things we did, all the God-glorifying things that they did in the Old Testament, right? Just like back then, it's done by faith. Done by faith. And so it's, it's faith that leads to God's commendation and, and keeps us, as, as Moeller pointed out, from being <laughs> condemned. And number three, faith characterizes the life of the believer. Uh, faith characterizes the life of the believer. In verse three, he, he says, by faith. That's the first time you see that phrase there in chapter 11. By faith we. And then he goes on throughout the rest of the book, he continues to bring up that phrase. It's, it's repeated throughout the chapter. By faith, Abel. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Rahab. By faith, you know, different characters. By faith, by faith, by faith. And he uses that phrase uh, to introduce that and to show us that these people lived their lives by faith because faith characterizes the life of the believer. It flavors everything about it. God's people, Old Testament and you, have always been characterized by faith. We are the people that trust God, believe God, and rest in God and his promises. That is quite simply who we are. If you go back to Hebrews 10, verses 37 through 39, the, the, the verses that lead into chapter 11, he says this, he's quoting from the Old Testament. He says, for yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. So how do the righteous live? By faith. What describes believers? Is it shrinking back in unbelief? No, 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 no. It's faith. It's faith, right? It's persevering faith, not shrinking back. It's a persevering faith. This is the passage that leads us in to this text in Hebrews 11 on faith. He's saying that this, this is our family. Uh, this is our group. This is our people, the people that live by faith. We are a part of that. God's people are characterized by this persevering, this abiding, this continuous faith in God. As he writes this people who are thinking about retreating back, and he goes, no, 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 no. All of them, like Abraham and Moses, they were looking forward, and now you're here and Christ has come. Don't you retreat back from what they were looking forward to. We're all people of faith, people of faith in Christ. Faith is the key ingredient, if you will, to the Christian life. It's, It's... it's what dominates everything about our life. Back in Alabama, there's a steak marinade that was uh, it's very common there. It's called a Dale's, and I love Dale's steak marinade. You can pick it up here in, in um, Publix or wherever, and um, very well-known steak marinade. And they bottle that in Birmingham, Alabama, and but it came out of a, uh, a restaurant about 25 minutes from where I grew up in northwest Alabama called Dale's. And, um, you know, growing up, we always used that, and I still use it a lot uh, to this day. But, man, when, it, when a steak or a piece of grilled chicken or whatever has been in that marinade you know it or I know it the moment it hits my lips right it, it, it's it's very salty but it's a very distinct flavor it's a very dominating sort of flavor it's kind of like when you get a Big Mac right and I, and I like Big Macs I know we you know shouldn't eat too many of those things but I, I like Big Macs and when, the moment you bite into the Big Mac something stands out that makes the Big Mac the Big Mac to me and that is the secret sauce right that sweet sauce the moment that touches your tongue or your lips there you're like that's a Big Mac it stands out all right, it stands out. Listen, faith flavors 
every single believer's life. It dominates, and you can't help but see it and know it's there. It is the key ingredient to the life of every believer that has ever lived. Every single one. Every single one. Every single believer lives by faith. And, 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 it, and it makes the believers stand out. We're different. We're the people that believe God and his promises. We're the people who trust Christ. We are the people that believe, that trust, that go, take God at his word, right? And, and it flavors everything about our life. Every single part of our life, it, it should touch. There's nothing that our confidence in God and confidence in his promises, there's no area that it shouldn't touch. Not work, not finance, not hobbies, not family life. There's nothing that it shouldn't touch. It, it's dominating. Our life has been marinated in it flavored by it it's a dominant force in our life we are people of faith we live by faith in verse four he says by faith abel and then he begins to tell us about abel's faith now you remember abel uh, cain and abel the story of cain and abel the the children of adam and eve and he says abel offered to god a more acceptable sacrifice than cain through which he was commended as righteous there's that word God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. So what made Abel different than Cain? He says he lived by faith. It was faith in God and his promises that led Abel to live a more righteous life, to offer an acceptable offering. And he says he still speaks. Now, on the one hand, as it's been pointing out, pointed out by others, Abel's blood cried out for vengeance, from, for justice from the ground after he was murdered by his brother Cain. The author of Hebrews goes on to point out in verse 24 of chapter 12 that Jesus' blood speaks a better word than Abel's, meaning it speaks forgiveness. But also, Abel still speaks because his life, his story, continues to impact others because he lived by faith. Abel's faith pointed beyond Abel back to God, ultimately to Christ. And our lives can point beyond us. It can point to God. It can point to Christ for his glory if we live by faith. Let me ask you, there's probably people in your life that you think about that have gone on to be with the Lord who they still speak in a way. Uh, their, Their faith still speaks. A family member, a friend, someone who's deep faith in Christ still encourages you to this day when you think about them. By faith, we can impact generations in our family. By living by faith. It's to characterize our lives. In verse 5, he says of Enoch, By faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. So faith characterized the life of Enoch. We don't know a lot about Enoch. But the Bible tells us he walked with God and then he simply wasn't. God took him, right? He pleased God and God took him to be with him. Poof, he was gone. How did he live that way and not see death? He says it was by faith. Characterized his life. Verse 7, by faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. So remember the story of Noah, right? He's out building the ark. Why is he out building the ark? God had told him to. I'm going to send a flood. I'm going to judge the earth. You build an ark. I'm going to rescue you and your family. He did it reverent in reverent fear because God had told him to do it. And the world was filled with sin and, and unrighteousness at this time. But Noah stood out by God's grace as one who would listen to God and obey God. How? By faith. See, it is by faith that we live for God and honor Christ and point people to, to Jesus. It's by, it's by grace through faith. Impact our families and generations. It is by faith that we refuse to get swept up in the rushing water of this world and live with values and morals that honor Christ. It is by faith that we persevere when things get hard and continue to pursue the things of God. See, believers' lives are characterized by faith. And his list goes on. Abraham, Moses, Rahab, and so forth. By faith, by faith, by faith, all through the chapter. So how do you live? How would you say you live your life? 
does your life reflect confidence in God and his promises, in Christ? Does your schedule reflect that? Your bank account? Parenting tactics, decisions, relationships in your life. Does your life shout, I'm counting on God? I'm trusting God. I depend on God. I believe God. I believe the promises of God. I follow Christ. I magnify Christ. I obey Christ. That's the life of faith. That's what it shouts. And the object of faith matters. Faith in the wrong thing, faith in the wrong person is a disaster. That's why back in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, he says, Long ago, at many times, this is how you open the book, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. See, the writer of Hebrews is not calling us to a generic God or a generic faith. He is calling us to the God who is revealed in the Scriptures, the God who speaks, and the God who has spoken by his Son, Jesus Christ, creator, the one through whom he's created the world, the heir of all things. Let me ask you, have you trusted Christ? Have you put your faith in him? Have you taken him at his word? Have you believed that Jesus is who he said he is and that he died for you on the cross and he's risen from the dead and have you put your confidence and your trust in him? Have you believed on him and been saved, rescued from your sin? That's that's the ultimate thing that Hebrews wants us to do is to see that Jesus, that there's there's no one other than Jesus that we need to be looking to for salvation, that that, that it's him that we need to put our confidence in him, we need to put our faith in him, we need to put our trust in him. If you haven't done that, I encourage you to do so today. The Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If we'll turn from our sin and to Christ and look to him in faith, repenting from our sin and believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is the son of God who has lived a sinless life, died in our place and rose again. If we put our faith in him, we can be saved. And I encourage you to do that. And if you do that, let us know. Email us, contact us on the connection card or, or email us and let us know at info at gonorthpark.com. Say, hey, I've trusted Christ today. I've called on him and asked him to save me. Or I've got questions about that. We'd love to talk with you. Put your faith in Christ. Believer in Christ Jesus. We need to be people that walk by faith. It should be characterizing everything about our lives. You've believed God's promise about Christ, so you should walk by faith in everything. Walk in confidence in God and his promises as you go to work, as you pay the bills, as you raise your kids, as you pray for your grandkids, as you suffer, right? As you go through hard times, as we age, as we take new risks and go through new stages of life, as you live your life, live it by faith. Live it by confidence in God and his promises. That's what God calls us to. That's who we are. We're people whose lives are characterized by faith. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the faith that we have in Christ that you've called us to by your grace. And Lord, we pray today that you would uh, find us all trusting in Jesus. I pray if there's anyone watching today who's never trusted Christ as Lord, as Savior, that today they would do so, that they'd call on him and be saved. I pray that every believer in Christ would walk with Jesus today and you would help us to live lives of faith, that it would characterize everything about our lives, that we would rest in and rely in you and that our lives would show that that we have faith in you. We believe your promises and that we live bold lives because of it. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for your word. Help us to take you at your word and to honor Christ with lives of faith. In Jesus' name, amen.